Well, hello, friend, and welcome to Friday. Hey, you made it through another week, and this has been a special week on Enough for Today as we've been enjoying the time with my guest, Morris Gleiser. And so, Morris, thanks for spending this time with us this yes, week. Yes, sir. My joy. Have you gotten older this week? I have not. Okay. But your aged wisdom <laughs> yeah. has blessed us. Yeah. I knew it was going to show up soon, so I thought I'd just jump in on the subject before you did. <laughs> oh, um, so you're headed back to Florida. Yes, I am. I'm freezing to death here in Connecticut, beautiful Connecticut. By the time this airs. Mm-hmm. You'll be sitting on a beach in Sarasota. No, no. I'll, be, I'll be in a hotel getting ready for the next service. That's what I'll be doing probably. And uh, enjoying the beautiful sunshine and rolling up my sleeves, uh, you know, and enjoying the... Uh, so is it, tell yeah. us about evangelism, evangelist. You're an evangelist. I mean, is a lot of your viewers uh, to, mm-hmm. enough for today, their idea of evangelist, you'd like, do you have your own jet? <laughs> I got a car that is always breaking down. Does that fit what you're talking about? I mean, is it like this opulent, wealthy, you know, Uh, do you have a lot of gold rings? (laughs) Vacation houses and stuff. Yeah. Uh, How many weeks of vacation do you get? (laughs) (laughs) You want to start this game? I can play this game with you as long as you want to. <laughs> oh man. It is funny though, the stereotypes. Yes, know. I know. Yeah. And then of course some people think the evangelist, he's the he of all the preachers, he's the mean guy. Yeah. He he's the one they'll come adage, in and set everything on fire. Blow in, blow up and blow out. You know, they yeah. blow up everything while they're in town and scream and rant and rave and spit them and and uh, beat people up. Uh, Ephesians 4 speaks about God gave to the church apostles and prophets, and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. In a real sense, the evangelist is, a, is similar to a pastor teacher in that he is there to help equip members of the church and for the work of the ministry. And nobody, nobody ought to hear from an evangelist something that is not biblical, Mm-hmm. or something they've never heard before. The style of delivery is different. Maybe uh, certainly the passage that they're looking at is different than what the pastor's been covering. But he's there to help strengthen the church body and to help them. You you see the office of the evangelist scripturally. Uh, certainly there in the New Testament, he's mentioned about three times. And then historically, you see the office of the evangelist in in. In various men, uh, we mentioned George Whitfield earlier in our conversations and Dwight Moody. And, and so historically, there's always been an itinerant preacher who's come to bodies of believers, sometimes in a, in a citywide crusade where various churches have come together. We don't mm-hmm. see much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Or to one congregation. And so it's a, it's a historical office. It's a biblical office. And then I, I think there's a giftedness to the office. That mm-hmm. is somebody who, who carries that burden to help a local church, but he's not there in the trenches like yourself making decisions of, uh, do, do we start this new ministry to reach this particular age group or reach this people? And where are we going to build that building? Eh, evangelists don't often get into that and don't need to. But I... I want, at the end of any meeting that I'm in, I want the people to say, 
I needed that. Mm-hmm. I needed that shot in the arm. You call it a kickstart for the new year. I want it to be a thing where by God's word and by God's gifting, take me out of the equation, to the office of the evangelist, that people will say, we needed that extra little nudge and push and encouragement and correction in our thinking. And they're not hearing anything different than, than their pastor, yeah. Lord willing. And, uh, well, you're you're the best. New, you're the best never. evangelist. I'm I'm my young fifty three years of life. Uh, you're the best. You you have blessed Emmanuel. <laughs> hey, you know, let's just pause on Psalm thirty five um, for today, and and in the few minutes we have remaining, this will be your last chance to speak to our enough for today audience, and it's many folks in our church family, but then it's people from all over, really, sort of an extended church family. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, friends in other countries that watch this, but. Um, this has been a hard and a strange two years, um, not only in America, but anywhere in the world. Uh, first, ob- obviously, because of the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but it seems that society, um, its moral anchor points have come undone. Mm-hmm. And we were talking a little earlier, even our leaders don't know what to do. Right. You know, Even our president, governors, and, and, and social leaders, societal leaders, they're just kind of... Uh, at their wits end right now they're flummoxed because uh, crime is on the rise and anxiety is on the rise and uh, the you know economies are unstable and you have nations uh, threatening war against nations and threats and terrorism and I mean if there's if there's not one thing there's a million things to be concerned about and, and just every time you look at the news feed there's more to worry about uh, some of the folks that watch this are in hospitals or shut in, mm-hmm. or some of them are recovering from long illnesses or surgeries, or they're fighting cancer. Um, and then, of course, our our church family, Emmanuel, uh, holding the faith here in New England, mm-hmm. preaching the gospel, being a lighthouse. Um, in what way would the Spirit of God lead you, just in these final few minutes of the week, uh, it, it allow you to encourage these people? to follow the Lord in this day. Well, thank you uh, for laying the groundwork of that thought. And I would say this to God's people. um, What we are going through historically right now is certainly something that is unique to our generation, but it is not unique in the history of mankind in the fact that Mankind has known the ups and downs of such tribulation of heavy disease, pandemics, um, world wars, uh, poor leadership in political office. And all of those uh, turbulent times, we speak often of the great awakenings in the early days of the America, of the Americas, and that our country in its early days were filled with disease and they were filled with with um, uh, uh, lots of sinful behavior and, and, and mistreatment of people and, and various nations involved with the, all that. And there were preachers that came on the scene to help bring people back to the foundation of the Word of God. It's always been the case. I cannot help but think of Isaiah in chapter 6, one of the most classic signature passages of the Word of God in that King Uzziah had died. King Uzziah was this great king of Judah. He had rebuilt the military. He had provided for the farmers, the agricultural situation of the people of of God. 
finances were good and strong, and then he got proud. He marched into the temple and tried to take on the job of, of the priest, and he got leprosy. God cursed him with leprosy, and he died. And Isaiah said, you know, in the year that everything fell apart, hmm. in the year that King Uzziah died, everything was just collapsing, and we didn't know what to do. And God's people were, in the previous chapter, he used the word woe six times. Woe to you who are adding sin upon sin. and Woe to you who are uh, heavy in alcohol drink. And woe to you who are involved with immorality. It's just a, a moral meltdown in our nation. In the year that King Uzziah died, when it was all collapsing, he said, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and uh, his robe filled the temple. In those verses where he speaks of the seraphim singing out, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. And then Isaiah said, Woe is me. I've been pointing fingers at everybody else. He said, I got sin in my own life I need to take care of. And then the angel came with the, the coal of fire from off the altar and touched his lips. And then, then the Lord said, Okay, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah said, I think humbly, he said, I'll serve you, whatever you need me to do. I think that that whole account of everything collapsing around him, Isaiah knew where to go. Mm -hmm. He went back to the temple, the earthly temple, but God ushered him into the presence of the heavenly temple, mm -hmm. and he saw the sovereignty of God. Now, that word scares some people, but it just simply means God's in charge. Right. He knows what he's doing. He is overseeing it all. He not only saw his sovereignty, he saw his majesty, his beauty. He heard the purity of his name mentioned in the voices of the angels, holy, holy, holy. So it was like a wake-up call in the preacher's life that God's in charge. Mm -hmm. And what could he do but humble himself and say, God, cleanse me, keep me right, and then, Lord, just use me. Just show me. Here, here am I. Here am I. He didn't say, here I am, like geographically, I'm over here. He was saying, here am I. Mm -hmm. I'm available. I'll do whatever you want me to do. So as a challenge to anybody listening, I would just simply say, recognize God hasn't lost control. There's not a meeting in heaven where the, the Trinity is wringing their hands saying, I don't know what is happening down there. God knows exactly what's happening. He's in charge, and all the pieces are coming together. He's got everything orchestrated. And we need to live our lives in the peace of knowing he is sovereign, mm -hmm. he is in charge, and live our life available to him. Lord, take me wherever you want. Take me, put me in contact with people who need the truth of you and of your life. And I'll just keep teaching and preaching and living it in front of other people and see what you want to do with my life till the end of my life. Mm -hmm. He's in charge. Rest in that. He's in charge, and he calls us uh, to live out the gospel Amen. until he comes. So, my friend, don't despair today. Uh, thank you, Morris, for being with us this my week. My joy. Um, come back next year. Okay. We'll do I'll it again. Do it, Lord willing. Happy Friday, friend. Join us on Sunday at church or on live stream, and if not, see you on Monday. Have a great weekend. Yeah.